LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid, practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. Welcome, Scott. Oh, it's great to be here, Derek. Pumped for Reach Australia oh, next I'm week. So looking forward to Reach Australia next week. Feels like, you know, the the beginning of a new thing. It is the beginning of a new thing. And but it's a continuance of a old thing. thing as well. <laughs> old thing, new thing. Brilliant. Genius. All right. The one thing's brought to you thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planting Network. We're also proudly part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network, and we would encourage you to check out our network page, iTunes. Uh, quality Christian podcasts on there. But for now, you've pressed play on episode 62 of The One Thing, your first hire. Now, this is a really important topic. Uh, now, a lot of people are asking the question, you know, how do I make the decision about the first hire? Particularly important in a church plant because it can, in some way, sort of make or break, you know, the growth of your church. So it's a, it's a very important thing to, uh, to get right. Mm. All right. So here I am, senior pastor, uh, you know, church has grown the last few years. We're at the point of we're going to put someone on. Um, I'm going to start with what what are the mistakes that you have seen people make? Let's start there. Always good to start with the negative. That's how I give feedback to people. Yep. Uh, some of the mistakes that I've seen is uh, we've got the right person. You know, so here's the right person. And so we craft a job description around this person. Uh, we don't do the hard work of actually interviewing them, uh, putting together a framework for their for their role. Uh, identifying if you know if we actually need this position and and this is the right position for the church life. So so that's the first thing. We've got the right person. That that person that exists out there is just going to make my ministry the best. Yeah. Second thing is we put too many expectations on it. That this person coming uh, is going to be the solution to all the problems we've got. The reality is those problems are going to continue to exist because you actually got to make changes to the way that your your structure and 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 do systems in your church. Uh, you know, someone coming is not going to be, you know, the saviour. That they're probably going to continue to exist, and hopefully, that person is going to actually help you solve some of those, uh, solve some of those uh, solutions. Okay, so wind back. I'm, I'm was just about to pull the trigger and hire my BFF for the position because I'm overwhelmed. And you've said, give me. A, you've said, Scott, what do I do? What do I do? Clean slate. Give me. Okay, a Okay, well, this is where I sit down with you, and I'm going to probably get a little bit nerdy. I'm going to use some big, big words. I'll explain them. Don't worry, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> but I found this table, and I'll, I'll refer to it in the toolbox. It comes out of a book by uh, Gary McIntosh called Staff Your Church for Growth. Um, he uses these two big words, nomo, nomothetic and ideographic roles. To help you think um, about uh, employing someone for a task, you know, ministry-related purpose or a relational ministry purpose. Define them before you go I'll, in. Yeah, I'll define those two things before I go ahead. So... Uh, it, yeah, you're going to have to picture this while you're on your running machine or while you're walking in the park listening to this podcast. Uh, put two axes against each other. The, the top axis is the, the nomothetic role. Uh, so that's task focus. Things like, you know, how do we find people? You know, how do we actually have it, you know, connect people into the church life? How do we actually keep them? So membership, integration structures. How do we, you know, celebrate and create community, you know, life in the church? How do we mature people and, and see them, you know, going deep in the word and deep in prayer? How do we actually, you know, lead people? So you, you, you lead leadership structures uh, and then how do we you know pastorally care for people so that's a sort of more task focused re- you know re- related nature of so ministry roles that would exist across maybe multiple congregations if you have them um yep that exist at multiple locations even you have them 
okay, task or purpose. So that's going across the top. Right. Now, down the side on the, uh, on the vertical axis, you've got ideographic roles. So they're more uh, tied around stage of life ministry. So children's ministry, youth ministry, uh, you know, larger churches might get a men's or a, or a women's minister. Uh, in the in the church life, they might have an aged care you know minister. They might have someone who's actually working with you know the oldies in a retirement village. So they're more set down sort of you know demographic or relational uh, lines. All right. So we've got the two axes. Um, where do we start? Which do we do a task or purpose, or do we do a relational role? How do we decide? So I think the first thing that I'd encourage you to do, Derek, and I'm glad you've opened yourself sort of up for this, is I'd actually get you to reflect on yourself. Mm. You know, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Mm. You know, what do you what do you enjoy doing? What are you actually good at doing? Some people um, have actually called me an ideographic before. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so so thinking into those tasks in ministry that all churches need to have, uh, what are you particularly gifted at? And what are you strong at? Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, I guess the, the, the classic is, you know, you've got someone who's better at maturing people, someone who's better at, at mission. Mm. You know, someone who's great, you know, at, at getting people in church, someone who is, you know, more wired up in actually getting people to stay and, you know, close the back door of church. So I'd actually reflect, you know, who are you a, a, as a leader? Where do you, where do you actually operate in your, in your best place? Mm. Uh, and I'd, I'd, I'd reflect on that, identify that, and then I'd find someone who's not like you. So I think the biggest mistake that we often make is we want to get someone who's similar to me, who I'm going to enjoy working with. Uh, the the problem of that is um, is that we end up having, I guess, an unbalanced uh, you know leadership or an unbalanced staffing structure across the top. Just a quick clarification there: you can get someone who you like working with, though, can't you? You can. <laughs> You're allowed to do that. You can get someone who you would like. You working even, with. Would you go as far to say you would encourage that? Possibly. <laughs> I think uh, I think chemistry in the team is uh, is really important. Yeah. So uh, so that is very important. Yeah. Okay. All right, so we've identified ourselves and what our weaknesses are based on maybe those two axes. Um, all right, so we're choosing someone who is different to us. Is that all? We're done? Uh, well, I guess when hiring, you want to have a clear job description uh, for the person. You want to have clarity around around their individual you know, roles, and you also want to have uh, clarity as to how that individual sort of you know, goals and outcomes is actually feeding into the overall outcome of the church. So I, I think one of the things I often see when, you know, in employing our, our first hire, employing somebody, is we don't have those processes in, in, in place. You know, we, we kind of know what, you know, what's required to plan a church. You know, we know what, you know, a senior minister is, is required to do. We actually don't do the work of actually clarifying, well, what do we want this person to? That's a great opportunity for you also to reflect on your own role. Mm. You know, given that you were probably, you know, across all those uh, all those tasks in the church, now you can actually hone in and identify, well, what is it specifically now that I have to do now that I've actually got, um, uh, you know, a staff team. Yep, that's good. Because often, we'll, we'll throw to the toolbox in a second, but often the situation I've seen is where you have a guy who's overwhelmed, who employs someone who they like, and the role description that they end up actually functionally having is doing all the stuff that the senior minister doesn't want to do or the overflow of that. Um, and they're usually a talented person who just gets, you know, the throwaways from that. But what I want to dig into after we look at the toolbox in a second is how it is, give me some characteristics you would be looking for in your first hire, some principles for that. That's why I'm going to come back to you next. But let me give a plug for another one of our Lifeway Leadership Podcast Networks, uh, EST Podcast with Sam Rayner, Micah Freeze, and Josh King. Have you listened to that recently? You haven't you, Scott? I have. I love. It's one of my favourite uh, podcasts. I really enjoy these guys. They're they're all established church ministers. Uh, they all know each other as well. So they got a great uh, report with each other. Uh, it's it's always report. In, you know, report. <laughs> oh, you're so learned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they always tackle really uh, helpful topics like 
Yeah, like ageism, church leadership, multi-generational leadership in churches, former current pastor friends. It is good. It's really helpful. So uh, look it up at your favorite podcasting app. I only realized the other day, this is how slow I'm, Spotify does podcasts as well. It does. Jeez, I'm old. It's another channel. So Another old. channel. All right, back to you. Give us Let me get in the toolbox. Well, I think on this area, a really important book that you want to read is Gospel Coaching. Uh, we've just done a whole bunch of training sessions around the, the country on on coaching. I reckon every church leader, that's team leader and, and ministry leader and, and senior pastor, needs to have a framework for helping coach people in their role. So that's the first thing I get you to read, Gospel Coaching book by Tom Wood. Uh, and Scott Thomas. Second book is uh, is the book that I've referred to already called Gary McIntosh called Staff Your Church for Growth. And we'll put a show uh, a link to to one of the graphics that I've been trying to paint a picture of in this in this uh, podcast, helpfully or unhelpfully. And the final thing that I want to encourage you to do is um, I want you to do a reflection exercise. Uh, I want you know if you're just beginning to build a staff team, uh, again I've encouraged Derek to do this. You know what is your senior pastor's gift mix? Um, and on what side of the continuum would you place your senior pastor? Um, and then, you know, use that reflection exercise to, I guess, help you think about well, what does this tell you about the next staff person that needs to be hired on your team? Mm, that's good. All right, let's dig into some of the principles, the characteristics you would be looking for as you look for a hire. Great. Well, I think um, one of the biggest mistakes that we're making at the moment is that we're actually not hiring leaders. Uh, what do I mean by that? Um, I think it becomes more important for churches to hire leaders rather than doers. So people who can build teams, uh, people who uh, leaders who can actually work uh, through others. We often focus on staff who who are great at the ministry. Um, uh, any leader in church needs to, I guess, go through that sort of change and that transition from actually moving, you know, off off the ministry, so to speak, to actually working through others to see the ministry happens. Uh, so I think that's one of the, the you know, the key things uh, that uh, that you know we're not looking for in that in that uh, in that first hire. Uh, I, I think um, uh, the other thing that we uh, that we need to do is I think as you employ someone, you actually need to work through and wrestle with how am I actually going to develop uh, develop this leader as well. Mm-hmm. So just as important as that job description is actually a development plan. Over the next few years, as you hire that person, actually, what are the intentional things that we're going to do to actually invest in that leader and actually see them grow as a um, as a leader? What about if they leave you? You develop them to be so good that they go. You well, you better just to keep people in a box, Scott. We we want to be we want to we want to have. I think every church needs to have that sort of clarifying role. You know, we want to be a sending church. Mm. Uh, I was just chatting chatting with uh, Garcia Operations Manager this morning. Uh, you know, speaking about one of our staff members who's you know got the opportunity to do some things, you know, and I just made the, I made the comment to him. Well, a part of part of keeping people on your team is 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 casting that vision and uh, and keeping reminding them of hey we're you know we're doing something that's really important and, and we need to have you. So mm. again, the role of a senior leader uh, in the church is actually to uh, is to lead their staff, and part of leading staff is you know is is constantly reinvisiting so they actually want to be you know be part of the the bus and 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 get on you know get on with uh, ministry across Australia. Yep. All right. Okay, where do you find leaders from? Uh, where do I find leaders? Uh, well, I think what we what's often you know often happen is it's just it's just word of mouth, mm. you know. So I think that's that's caused often you know we've got this great guy and you know you should get him as opposed to uh, actually being careful about you know thinking through well who do we actually need who's actually going to fit our staff team and how's this actually going to grow our church. Mm. Uh, so often it's it's been word of mouth. 
Um, and and I still think that's probably you know one of the best you know the, one of the best ways we've we've got amazing things on the interweb now to you know put out you know put out job descriptions and make things available. I think one of the things a helpful church can do uh, is is sort of to have a page you know you know not not we're always hiring. Uh, but have um, you know have an advertised leadership you know leadership roles that they have uh, going on in the church you know and and they can be you know part-time roles they can be uh, leadership roles uh, as well just just within the church mm. yep we're going to tell you a bit about us and you'll find out that we're just normal people and then we're going to look at what God says a marriage is and it's actually a really lovely it's a beautiful picture and we're going to look at some of the marriage research, which shows that marriages that work well actually fit really neatly of what the Bible says about marriage. That's Keith and Sarah Condy from Building a Safe and Strong Marriage. It's a biblically-based course that uses the tenets of the Bible combined with current marriage research to help couples think through how to make their marriage better. Find out more, download the course, or buy the DVD, participant workbooks and facilitator manuals at buildingmarriage.com.au. We've got three Building a Safe and Strong Marriage courses to give away. So for the best three questions that are put up on our Facebook page over the next month, you'll have all the bells and whistles from this course sent to you. Give us your questions. Well, uh, two things I was keen to just clarify with you on there as well as I was listening to you talk about that is uh, one is the building versus buying leaders argument. Um because it is hard to raise up leaders, it takes a significant mm. amount of time. What's the advantage of buying versus building? Yeah, the the advantage the advantage of, of, of buying versus building is uh, when you when you're building someone up in your staff team. Well, you, you know you know what you're getting, mm. um, and often you can you can slowly bring them into a you know into a full time role. So uh, you know they're already probably in a part time capacity, giving you you know, giving you uh, 10 to 15 hours, you, you can slowly bring them into three days, four days, five days. And so you've got the opportunity to actually help them grow into that. Um, the other thing is they, they know they know the vision of the church and they're, they're you know, more often than not, um, you know, behind that and, and, and for that. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the advantage of that versus, you know, versus buying is that it does take time for someone to sort of build relationships uh, and to get, in you know, engaged in the church life. And, uh, and often, you know, you don't you don't know what you're getting. You know, mm. b- you know, buyer beware. You can do all the reference checks, and you can do all the, you know, uh, online tools. But the reality is sometimes, you know, the staffing, you know, the staffing mix just doesn't doesn't work. Yeah, and this may not be a challenge in or an issue in other people's context, but one of the things in Australia is say you actually don't need a three to four year degree in order to work in a church either. I know that may be controversial. I think it's incredibly helpful. People should pursue theological education, absolutely. But perhaps as we're thinking about second hires and multiple hires, that may be a category we don't have to necessarily... What do you think? Again, if, you, if you're building and developing people up in your church life, hopefully you have a church that's actually discipling people and seeing yes. them become mature in their, in their church life. Uh, again, a lot of roles within church don't necessarily need you know, someone who's four-year trained or three-year trained. I'd still be encouraging you, um, you know, if you are going to pull someone into, uh, you know, out of a out of a secular job who's who's a mature Christian believer to be, you know, working at developing them in their mm. in their theological in their theological development and growth. And you know, there are a number of colleges around Australia have part-time courses, and and you know, so as part of your bringing them on, I think it'd be great to to make that investment in them and say, well, hey, we'd like to bring you on for three days, but we'd like you to also do a day a week where you know you're going to college and uh, and doing a subject or you're doing something online to actually you know grow and develop you in your in your theological sharpness and mm. understanding. Yep. Okay. Last one before we close up. Um, 
Uh, why why is it you mentioned before why is it so important to uh, employ a multiplier in this like don't you want someone who's really good at doing stuff well how would you weight that decision uh, you you've got to hire a multiplier it's not just someone who's good at stuff um, it's great to be good at stuff but that's a that's a short-term you know gain so so you might get a, a great uplift in in your uh, in your children's ministry for example you know they come in they give a whole bunch of energy uh, but you'll you'll find in time if they're not able to actually multiply themselves uh, then it's going to it's going to hit reach a ceiling and a um, uh, and and you know an end point in terms of how far that can grow so it's really important that you hire a, a multiplier someone who's actually really helpful at actually getting other people uh, to do stuff that's that's got long term gain all right gives you one thing your first hire should be someone who balances the gifts and talents of the senior pastor. So when you're thinking about considering a second staff person, the initial step should be to actually analyse your own gift mix, your spiritual gifts, your talents, your strengths, your passions and your interests. Uh, you want to you wanna have someone who's going to uh, be not like your senior pastor. All righty, excellent. Now, we are one week out from Multiply Reach Australia Conference. It will be amazing. It'll be excellent. Uh, we want to see healthy, vibrant, evangelistic churches both planted and grown across Australia. Is it, too, is it too late to register? It's not too late to register. What kind of crazy talk is that? <laughs> no, it's not too late to register. Uh, look, we're going to have... It's a combination of people from Multiply, Geneva Bush Network, our national conference, team pastoring, vine growers, Oilstone. It is going to be amazing. June 25 to 28, that's next week. Central Coast, local Bible teachers... Great network of pastors. Learn from good, established, healthy church practice that you can inject back into your local church to mobilize and mature the saints to reach the lost. ReachAustralia.com.au or go to GenevaPush.com. We would love to see you there. Alrighty. If you like what you heard today from The One Thing, uh, rate us on iTunes, preferably six stars. That'd be great. I think they do that now. But next episode of The One Thing. Well, look, we had Keith on last week. Keith and Sarah on last week talking about marriage ministry. Next week, we've got Keith back to talk about cultivating resilience in ministry. I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon. 